Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure to have you with me today. Thank you very much for your time. And as you've seen from the title, we're going to do a little bit of uh, back to the future nonsense. We're going to talk about double or nothing today, because if you did tune into the show yesterday, uh, again, that's on twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316 for a little while. You will notice I kind of went over it quite quickly, and that's because today I knew I wanted to have a big chat about it. On top of that, if you are somebody that only listens to sort of clips on this podcast, or you know, you've just been looking for my opinions, I actually have started a new YouTube channel, which is actually called Simon Miller. I can't remember I called it now. Something like Simon Miller Wrestling Show Clips or Simon Miller Clips, Simon Miller Wrestling Clips, something like that. And you can literally, um, you know, find, yeah, just just find clips of my opinions on little wrestling things. No more, you know, 10 minutes will be the maximum of the videos. But of course, if you want to listen to the long form, you will have them on here and you will have them archived on Twitch and you will have them archived on my proper YouTube channel, Simon Miller, once we get back to doing that on there as well. There is a link in the description if you'd like to check it out. And also, again, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. I will always promote that. Two reasons. One, I want to thank everybody that has supported me this week. The love at the moment, especially given everything, is overwhelming. And every time I see any kind of donation from $1 to whatever, uh, I'm still humbled by it. So thank you so much. And of course, at a certain tier, you can actually come on the podcast. And this is why I love doing this, because like I said yesterday, I was like, okay, cool. I can actually talk about Double or Nothing with somebody else and hopefully get some differing opinions rather than just me, the bald asshole, um, going on and on. And that's why today I'm joined by my man, Rob. Rob, how you doing today? You good? I'm doing quite well. Glad to be the exceptionally hairy asshole to join the bald asshole. On the, uh, <laughs> that sounds that sounds so graphic, like now that I've it's said so it, good. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that nickname, but... My uh, favorite thing about the bald asshole is people think it's an insult. I'm like, no, man. I just everybody was calling me a bald asshole. So I was like, all right, I'll be the bald asshole. That works for me. You reclaim it. You take its power <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> exactly. And it's not a lie. I'm bald, and I look. I know myself. I can be an asshole. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> um, so yeah, look, we are going to talk about double or nothing today. Um, I don't want to get too much into the buy rate stuff. I know that's what people are moaning and arguing about at the moment because the Wrestling Observer said. Uh, you know, due to certain metrics and statistics, it sounded like it did so well. And then the internet was like, well, no, well, I found this. And as I always say, I don't care what All Elite Wrestling's buy rate was. I hope that it was great. And I hope everyone makes a billion dollars. But even if it turns out I am the only person that bought that show, I had a great time. So I don't need to get lost down that rabbit hole. I want nothing uh, nothing but success. But dude, we'll go through it match by match. But overall, what was your takeaway from the show? Because I thought it was, again, this is a little bit sappy, a little bit hippy trippy. But I really did think, it was one of those uh, events that read the room. <laughs> it yes. read the room. It read the timeline perfectly and said, okay, this may not necessarily tie into things that we're going to do down the line, but do you know what I mean? Like there was just, it, just, it just worked. It worked for what it was meant to be. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. I think that if I had booked this show in a vacuum, like fantasy booking style, I wouldn't have done the number of babyface wins that were on the card. But, like, in the present global situation, in case this is going on YouTube, uh, (laughs) I'll just say it that way, uh, I think it made a lot of sense. I think that it was what people maybe needed, even if they didn't realize that they did. Maybe they didn't say they would want it or whatever. But I think a really effective, not cheap, feel-good show was kind of what the doctor ordered. Hmm. Uh, And... I found myself very pleased with that direction for the show when, you know, going into it, I wouldn't have thought about it that way. Um, no, I, I didn't really. I knew obviously they changed their plans because, you know, we didn't get blood and guts, for example. And you could maybe argue the stadium stampede came out with that where they were like, well, what can we do to continue this feud and get to where we kind of want to go and still hold off that match? Because, you yeah. know, a match like that needs needs fans. And again, I just the, the stadium stampede to me, uh, I hate it when people start going, oh, well, it's better than Money in the Bank. Man, I enjoyed Money in the Bank too. I don't want to get into this was better than that. But I still do think in terms of the uh, nonsense match, whatever you want to call it, yes, it was the best one that I've seen so far. Yeah. It, uh, it, it was like a mini movie. Yeah, it, 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 it I, was I, like I a sort mini of agree. Dumb movie. I, I feel like, you know, 
the current pandemic situation is obviously what has given rise to these cinematic matches, or at least uh, the fact that they're ho- they're hanging on, right? They're not just like a one-off thing. Like, they are happening now. It's just a thing now. Mm. Uh, and I feel like this is my favorite one, despite having enjoyed, like, the Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match and Money in the Bank. Um, I think this is my favorite one uh, for a couple of reasons that maybe when we get all the way down the card, uh, I can specify. Uh, but I was smiling like an idiot for most of it. And then at some points I was actually laughing so hard I was crying, <laughs> uh, which, you know, that's a great experience to have. So uh, can't complain. No, I, I, well, look, let, let, let's start there. Let's start with the stadium stampede. We may as well. And then we'll kind of retroactively go sure. go back through it. But yeah, I mean, to me... It, again, it was just, I, I, I make no, no qualms about this. I like nonsense. I really, really do. And I understand you can't do that in wrestling all the time because without that serious bite, like imagine, you know, The Rock versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17 had been nonsense. This is all gaga. Sure, sure. It, it wouldn't have worked. And that promo they had beforehand when they, man, you watch and you go, these two want to beat the crap out of each other. But, you know, when you go through the match and you have people like Broker Matt Hardy um, and you have Sammy Guevara, who right now is not a comedy character, but can pull it off wonderfully. God, he's good Matt, at it when he is called on. Oh, it's so good. And Matt and Nick Jackson have always typed, you know, what that line. And, you know, Jake Hagar is Jake Hagar to me. And Kenny Omega just doesn't care. I mean, go watch his stuff in DDT. He's yeah. going to give two hoots. And that was what I loved about it the most. It was like, um, it was almost like watching a clip show on YouTube in the sense that they were so worried about audience retention. They were like, okay, we're going to do 30 seconds here. Then we're going to do 30 <laughs> seconds here. And I thought they split off wonderfully. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like you had Hangman and Sammy Guevara and you had the Proud and the Powerful and Matt Hardy and so they on and so forth. They did such a good job of using all of the space and all of the unique yeah, yeah. locations that they had access to. Uh, oh yeah, like, massively. It, they really, you can tell watching it, not only that they walked through that whole space just racking their brains for like, what is the coolest, stupidest, funnest thing we can do uh, in any of these places? You can also tell that this was a match that was put together by the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Matt Hardy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Chris Jericho as well. I find him such a fascinating character now because he hasn't, he's never really been serious. You know, he's always had elements of his character, even if he's not doing it specifically at the time. I mean, go back to WCW when he first sort of properly broke in. He was a bit of a goof. But, you know, now he's got this legendary status. He could easily not do that stuff. But the fact he's happy to put a cone on his head and pretend to be a witch. Yes. I mean, it's just that that to me is a part of it. Because if, say, Santana had done that, I would have giggled. And I'd be like, yeah. But the fact that it's Chris Jericho, yeah. you know, 30 years in the business, multiple time world champion, leader of a group, probably, you know, had the, had the best 2019 of any wrestler you can argue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Still- he, he earns a space in the conversation about, like, you know, some of the very best to ever Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Through longevity, uh, if nothing else. And instead of taking himself hyper-seriously, I mean, like, let's let's look at the difference between how, you know, Bret Hart looks at Bret Hart versus how Chris yeah. Jericho looks at Chris Jericho. His ability to sometimes just be a fool or a wimp or an idiot to be entertaining is I, something I appreciate so much because he can still go and obviously he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and he is a credible threat in the ring but sometimes he just makes an ass out of himself because it's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so just as a complete, well-rounded entertainment machine, I don't know that there's anyone better. He's not like my literal favorite wrestler of all time because I have preferences. You know, different parts of the business appeal to me more or less than others. But like, if you want to talk about like the all-round greatest, he belongs in that conversation because i mean he absolutely slays on commentary too it's just it's Mm. not he's good at everything it's crazy and he's a fascinating character because he believes in himself i'm not going to call him arrogant but when you hear him talk he has incredible self-belief yes and (laughs) i think i but i think this is this ties into my point i know other people like that especially sportsmen uh, but they do take themselves too seriously and they're allowed to because they go out there and they do the, you know, that they, they do the business. So you're like, well, how can I, you know, you may be arrogant, but it's also the truth. Whereas, you know, Chris Jericho, especially a good few years ago, I couldn't work out if he was, you know, uh, if he had too big of an ego or if, 
You know what I mean? He walked that tightrope. But now after seeing all of this, I was like, no, I got this guy massively incorrect. He just believes who he is. He's an opinionated dude, but again, he's earned every right to be. And I mean, look, the funniest thing, and it shouldn't even been funny, but when he Judas affected yes. the, the mascot, it was also the way that mascot sold it. I don't know why it was so funny. Went down like a ton of bricks, but I, the, I laughed out the loud. The only use of Chris Jericho's finishing move in the main event of Double or Nothing was to just destroy the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot. <laughs> For no reason. For no reason. Just because he didn't like him being there. He did Get a little pelvic here. bump at Chris Jericho, and you, apparently you don't do that. You don't do that, Simon. You get your head taken off. You do. Yeah. You do. And again, it was just so many. We won't even talk about all of them. Because one that I didn't even notice, and I should be ashamed of myself for, for, for not, given how much I played that game. Um, but I can't remember if it was Santana Tanner Ortiz now. I think it was Ortiz. Ortiz and Kenny Omega. You know, Ortiz whipped Kenny Omega to the backstage area. And it was actually a riff on No Mercy when on the N64 when you wanted to take someone backstage and you whipped them through the entranceway. They were actually parodying that. And they didn't expect anyone. I'm sure they did expect some people to pick up on that, which they did. They the reenacted a loading screen. They did. They did. And, I, and, you know, they did. But they never, you know, it was there. As uh, like like um, what Ben Stiller said about dodgeball, you know, you're meant to watch it multiple times because it's late. That's what this match was. If you didn't see it, don't worry about it. Something else is coming around the corner that you'll enjoy. However, if you do get it, you're going to feel like you're part of a special club. And I massively respect that. And you know, the whole Matt Hardy thing. When Matt Hardy locked um, Thing and a Bob in the in the freezer and went, "This will help with your inflammation," I was like, "We've peaked. We've peaked. This is now the stupidest thing." But they, I think it was the commitment to the characters and the commitment to the idea. You know, it's about they didn't take themselves seriously, but they still kind of took the match seriously. They wanted to win, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted to win. And, and I get it. Some people don't like it. If it's not your form of wrestling, I don't hold that against you. I don't judge you. I can, like I say, I, I can completely appreciate where you're coming from. But when I get to the end of a 35, 40 minute spectacle and I go, maybe I'll watch it again. Yes. <laughs> that sums it up for me. Absolutely. And they really did take advantage both of the space that they had and the cinematic format to do some really fun stuff. Uh, mm. And like, this is the time to do it. You're probably not going to get another opportunity like this where you don't have fans and you have all the time in the world and all the empty stadium real estate in the world, you know? Yeah, uh, so, absolutely. so you may as well get this done and, and go for it. Mm. while that's the thing that you can do and yeah god they went for it I, they like, did and this the build-up to this match involved sammy guevara running away from a golf cart being driven by matt hardy <laughs> with kenny omega hanging off the side with this absolutely satanic look on his face pointing at him like calling for the charge and i was like oh shit they can't possibly build properly from this and escalate enough and i've never been more wrong no, there's nothing wrong with that though. Do you know what I mean? I like, it's every so happy to be wrong. <laughs> is that, is that, that's the thing. You can have an opinion, you can have an idea as long as you hold your hands up. And I thought the really cool thing was, I mean, the elite won, but did they? No, you know, there was no well, winners or losers. Well, it doesn't matter. Here. This doesn't say anything definitive about the elite versus the inner circle. Exactly. It was just, and it was just this like wacky, like Looney Tunes battle. <laughs> between these these two uh these two teams of otherwise serious competitors who just went into wacky world and went absolutely psycho for you know 40 minutes or whatever although you know i i will say the finish was anything but wacky that was a crazy spot and if you've seen the tweet during the rounds of the sort of um bottom down bottom up shot my word that i know it was gimmicked and everything like that that's a terrifying you know one wing oh, and yeah. angel from oh geez i tell you go and find it so i put it on my twitter at simon 316 on sunday night i think uh go back and find it but i thought that was what really underlined it for me i was okay oh yeah that that would finish this yeah <laughs> we're, we're i had no problems dumb. with that being the end of a match or any match no absolutely not it's clear and that again, sammy guevara has no problems trusting kenny omega <laughs> <laughs> but Sammy Guevara in general, like I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say I didn't massively know about him before AEW started. Um, but he, he's a testament, as well as Jungle Boy and MJF and all these other dudes. He's an absolute testament about to what they're doing right. Oh yeah, because Darby again, Allen he wasn't, too. 
Yeah, it, it wasn't even, he's not even a guy that I would usually gravitate towards. No reason why. Again, we all just have these weird inclinations and intuitions that we go with. But now I look forward to seeing him. I love his character. He's, he's so smart because he can lose every match for the rest of his career and he's still going to be over. Yep. Which is an unbelievably clever thing that's to a, do. That doesn't matter. That's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, but he's there and he's what, like 25 or something? I think he's younger than that, you know. I don't think he's that old at all. Let me look him up. But yeah, that's... Um, He's just great. He's just great. He's 26. Sorry, he's 26. And that, oh man, he is going to be absolutely. Yeah, massive. they have some incredible young talent in AEW at this point. Like, it's it's absolutely nuts. They're, well, let's they talk are, about They M are fine with that. Well, like M <laughs> MJF versus Jungle Boy, right? I mean, let's use Hell that yeah. as the perfect segue. I, like, I knew it was going to be good because I know those two. I imagine they had a conversation. They were like, this can't be bad. You know, we, we do have naysayers we need to prove wrong. But I never thought it would get to the to the level that it did. And I'd heard people say, oh, if you've ever seen them on the independent scene, they, they have really good chemistry. Yeah, I, ha I had minutes, not, but I totally believe those people now. Oh, yeah. And within two minutes, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is brilliant. Yeah. And then it just built. It was like the perfect amalgamation of old school wrestling to prove, yes, we can do all this stuff. And then crazy modern day, yeah. And then character work as well, because that's what MJF is. Yeah, this and is the, this is my hot take, my unpopular opinion. I legitimately liked this match better than the TNT uh, championship match. I don't, I don't think you'll be alone in that. I really, really don't. I, I also think that it, it, it benefited from not having the same amount of hype as the absolutely. As the yeah, it was Lars just this Archie thing did. that was on the card, and people were kind of like, "Well, that's weird." Is this only on? Is this only on the card because it's so obvious that MJF is going to win that they're going to swerve yeah. us and have Jungle Boy that's, go over? Like, what's going on? But no, no, MJF won. It was just a fucking amazing match. Yeah, I mean, it really, 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 really was, and I just, I, just, I, I understand. I heard this big argument on Wrestling Observer. They were like, should Jungle Boy have won? Should MJF would have won? But I kind of put this in the same category of what we were just talking about. Um, maybe I'm just you know more of a nerd fan, but I was so impressed with both wrestlers' performance. Yeah, no one that, could have been hurt by this yeah, match. Exactly, and also the finish, which was the most devastating move of sports entertainment. Surprise! Well, not really a surprise roll-up, but it was a roll-up. Yeah, you know, that's, I'll I'll push back on that a little bit because when you're doing those like chain back and forth near falls getting more and more technically impressive it doesn't feel like the like oh the baby face is dumb and was distracted because they have a goldfish brain it's more like they got legitimately out wrestled yeah and and, and when mjf was done what did he do collapsed yeah no he, he was dead like yeah he was dead he was like i came this close to losing but i pulled it off and now i go back to be, be, being my usual asshole asshole self so also speaking I mean, of mjf dying it looked like he almost did on that like reverse <laughs> frankensteiner honestly, on the like his I head just, if that, like how did that not just murder him one inch what like less his, one his centimeter his head went slid down at an angle over the corner edge of the apron and like does that mean that's what they were planning like i don't see how you can plow can you plan like that? how can you plan I, that? it just doesn't it seems like doing that move on someone there kills them. <laughs> but he happened to take most of the impact on his left shoulder instead of his neck. And like, I, I just am in awe of thinking like, does that mean that that's what they wanted to do? Because that's, Again, I don't have the answer. It's Maybe. I like was legitimately, the way he flopped afterwards, I was like, well, clearly he's fine. Because he's, he's, he's playing it up so much. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I, but for just a split second, I was like, oh, shit, he died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what you want, right, on the moves like that. I mean, yeah. as, lo as long as it was executed safely and we didn't get close to that, it's exactly I want, that move should elicit that reaction. Like, we've talked about the suicide dive over and over and how it's just been watered down. I don't want that to start happening with moves like this because, again, my reaction to it made me more invested in the match because I was like, hot damn. Yeah. I, so, how no, did you I, like you say? How did you pull it off? I would love for there to be fewer suicide dives in like modern pro wrestling, but have yeah. more of them be executed like Chris Statlander's suicide dives or Darby Allen's suicide dives, where you're like, oh, everyone involved with this legitimately made have just died. <laughs> uh, oh dear, no, it's true, but uh, I, I, I think it was a again. I, I, I think Jungle Boy to me came out. 
a bigger star than he went in. Again, oh, I wouldn't yeah. say I was the biggest Jungle Boy fan, but I'm certainly more interested in him now than I was. And I was already interested in him. Like, they you know, again, did everything he the did with Chris sequence Jericho. at the beginning of, like, it was kind of the British-style chain wrestling, mm. but it was all super unorthodox and a bunch of shit I'd never seen before. Which is important, right? Yeah. Because it opens your eyes and gets you more interested. And I was like, ooh, that's the beginning of the match? Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, honestly, I, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, that's it. I just thought it was great. And I think it's, um, you know, it's a testament to, you know, on Dynamite, we have a segment with Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts and a few people are like, oh, no, it's WCW. I'm like, no, it's not. Because, you know, three days later, you're taking two guys who are the future of the business, as some people say, mm. and you're giving them, what, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, whatever the hell it was to show what they can do. And that, to me, is everything yep. uh, when it comes to building building your company. Well, I mean, uh, you mentioned Chris. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, it's kind of like, if you think about it, some of the best singles matches from NXT TakeOvers, what if they were just on the main roster uh, pay-per-views, like back when the main roster was more clearly above NXT? Yeah. Like, that's what it's doing for these people's careers. Absolutely. And, and, it, and at the same time, we're all experiencing it together. Yeah, like we're all you know we're all growing up with these performers in front of our eyes, and that's a big deal. It really, really does, especially to a younger, uh, a younger audience. You mentioned Chris Statlander a minute ago. Yes, uh, I ca- I kind of regret what I said about Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. I just thought, I mean, we're going in reverse here, but I don't care. We're, we're just we're just time, we're just going with the flow. Well, yeah, I, but the thing to me I had at the time, and I'm referring to what I said on ups and downs, and I do kind of kick myself for it. It just was placed in the it, it placed in the wrong place, you know. Coming off that Cody match, mm-hmm. I, I I would have rather the Dustin Rhodes match had been there. Because I know some people hated that. I was like, whatever. It lasted three minutes. I don't care. I'm going to get frustrated about this. Um, maybe that's, you know, something that AEW is always going to be a bit uh, divisive on. But I just, that was my thing. I felt a little bit, not worn out from Cody Lance, but so much had happened. And then just to go into a match with no story, I was just like, ah, I don't know. But I think that was unfair because watched um, in in uh, in isolation, I actually thought it was really, really good. And much like MGF and Jungle Boy, I think Chris Statland and Penelope Ford have huge futures oh, as yeah. well. They Gigantic just, upsides to both. Uh, yeah, I, the fact with the fact she's an alien. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I shouldn't, I shouldn't like it. I love it. Nope, I love it's the fact great. she's an alien. Uh, Kip Sabian warding her off with his crutch as though it were a gun and shouting, I've seen all the alien movies. I know exactly how to deal with you. Uh, I died. Oh yeah. It's awesome. Uh, It's great. And you know, you know, okay. You, you can speak to this with much more authority having wrestled some, like actually doing the thing. Um, how big of a deal is it that, you know, Britt Baker gets injured and all of a sudden the pay-per-view, it's different people wrestling. Like, how planned out is a standard singles match uh, for a pay-per-view normally? Or is that uh, or is that just, like, so different promotion to promotion? Uh, and I would guess... That, yeah, I would guess it's, you know, determinant on the, you know, time and place. However, I do know, while I may not talk to my opponent before we get to the ring and a few hours beforehand, I'm still planning it in my head. You know, by watching their matches or mm-hmm. thinking, well, what can I do with this guy? You know, maybe they're a big guy, maybe they're a small guy. So you are already adapting. And I, I could imagine, especially on a pay-per-view, which is a, a bigger deal when it comes to AEW, because they only do have four a year. That just stands to reason. You know, less is more. I I would certainly feel a little bit like, oof. Again, like what we're on today, it's um, Wednesday. So yeah, same kind of thing. So if I know I've got a match on Saturday, uh, at this point, I'm already going through the motions. And then, you know, Thursday morning I wake up, oh, Simon, you need to fight somebody else. I, I mean, it, it probably comes down to experience. However, I would say, with all due respect, that Penelope fought, I mean, they've got miles more experience than me, but they're not as experienced as some. Yeah. So it's probably Fairly a little new. bit of a curve. Yeah, there's probably a little bit of a curveball that they had to adapt to. And this is why, again, I think I got that one wrong. I think given everything, they really, really did, they really, really pulled it out. And Penelope Ford, especially, just the way she holds herself, you know, it, it, to me, she's a bit like um, Liv Morgan on on Raw. When I when I see Liv Morgan, I'm like, yeah, you, you're going to do something. I just I could be wrong. That's just sure. the feeling I get. No, it's the I, same I with Penelope it. Fords. Yeah, it's just like well, I don't know what it is, but I feel like if you continue on this path you've been on, you're going to smash it at some point. Also, I really really enjoy the little stable that they have. Uh, oh yeah, it's uh, great. With, it's with great. Penelope and Kip and uh, Jimmy Havoc, because it doesn't overly have like a storyline theme or whatever they're just all friends and yeah, that's true in that's real it. life 
And so they're just like, no, we're friends. So we're going to like interfere in each other's matches because we're all assholes. <laughs> and it's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I really, really, really do. And again, it was a quote unquote nothing match in the sense that it didn't mean anything. But I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't. Again, I, I, I was, I was, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. As simple as that. I, I kind of enjoyed it for what it was. What did you think about Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears? I don't want to spend an opening. Oh, long time I hated it. it. Yeah, but I, see, that's my thing with it too. When I watched it, I was like, I don't mind it because it was come and gone. But the as, as weird as it sounds, this is almost backwards logic. If somebody hated it, because I completely understand that as well, I was just neutral. You know, I was completely neutral to it. I was like, whatever. This is the thing with AEW. They're always going to do this stuff, and I think. Yeah, I don't care stands- that it was three minutes, and I don't care that it was completely silly. I like I love comedy wrestling when it's done right. Uh, mm. uh, but the problem I had with this one is that it felt like the kind of booking that you do in WWE when someone is asking for their release. Like this reminded me of the Usi Hot stuff with the revival. Like it's like they're intentionally embarrassing Sean Spears at this point, and I don't understand. Like. What are they doing with him? What the hell happened with Sean Spears? Sean Spears' booking is, like, legitimately one of my only complaints with AEW so far. And it's probably (laughs) the biggest one. Like, because he came in looking like such a threat. Yeah. And then it was just, like, loses his first big match (laughs) and then becomes, like, this wildly inconsistent, constantly gimmick-changing comedy relief character. If that's what he wants to do, I guess it's fine. It just feels like he was someone else at first. I think you're right. And it is, it's certainly a, a strange twist. But I shouldn't Maybe talk it... ill of your future tag team partner. So. <laughs> exactly. You're right. How dare thee? How, uh, how dare you? That's, I actually, well, but I mean, in a way, I'm sort of doing the opposite because I'm saying he actually deserves to be booked better (laughs) maybe maybe it's more to do with the and again i don't want to excuse everything for doing this but maybe again it does tie into the current situation and they're like you know what we need something silly to do we want dustin on the card sean can lose i don't know because i tell you what you are right and it was very it was um it was very a 180 because obviously all the build and the videos were like i'm gonna retire dustin Rhodes. oh i'm angry you screwed your brother and then He's wearing Tully Blanchard on his pants. Yep, and that's the fun. <laughs> that's the punchline to like him bringing up Dustin's pill addiction and uh, like making a big stink about Cody not actually caring about his brother. Like there was some good build up for this nothing mm. thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I know why they do it because they they, they understand how. Well, they, I think you know there's New Japan influence, uh, which I so say Japanese wrestling influence, but also they get that if you just do big match, big match, big match, big match, sometimes you'll you'll wear people out. But yeah, I, I kind of got it. I kind of I knew it was gonna spit the audience. Oh yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with like doing a match like this for pacing's sake for the card, but just overall what they've done with Sean Spears I'm not the biggest fan yeah. of basically yeah, the execution no I think that would be hard to argue against uh let's go to the ladder match because we mentioned uh we mentioned Kip Sapien and Jimmy Havoc just being like yeah yeah no of you. course I'm just gonna come in here and cheat what are you gonna do I love it I love I, it especially in a ladder match in a, de- no in a ladder match or no DQ match everyone should do that uh the only reason that you're not cheating is you have too much honor too few friends or too little brains yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was very appreciative of seeing it, and honestly, they did work a nice little storyline element into the Chris Statlander Penelope Ford match because she went in to help Kip and got hurt, and she was selling, having been hurt in the ladder match during her match with Chris. So, which is always good. That man. was good. I like, it, uh, yeah. You know, if that spins off into a story of like Kip is taking advantage of her and getting more help than he's giving back and being entitled and stuff, and there's some friction in their relationship. That would be great. Awesome. That would be I'm a good all about story. That. Yeah. Uh, what but... was your impression of the ladder match in general? Because I liked it. I thought, again, I, the amount of effort these guys go to. But I will say, and this isn't a criticism, it was not as nuts as I was expecting. I really, really, really wasn't. I, there were some, obviously still some absolutely bonkers bumps. But I thought this was going to be an utter train wreck. And actually, when it was done, I was like, no. It, I've seen... I mean this in not the literal sense, but I've seen worse. I've seen uh, Kyle you know, O'Reilly's I've... teeth get knocked out by a ladder, so... <laughs> I thought it was quite reserved for what I was expecting. For it, I really, really did. For people not named Darby Allen, I would agree. Well, no, not him. He do- He's the exception to everyone. He just doesn't care. <laughs> yep. I mean, that 
that that Ollie skateboard. Oh my days! That was just absolutely. <laughs> well, in the last bump he took when he got gorilla pressed oh. on a ladder, thrown into another ladder, and it looked I like mean, he took the bump with his face. How do you control that? You know, how do you, uh, Jim Ross? How oh, how do you control? How do you control that? <laughs> You're just being hurled out the ring. That guy. Again, he's one of these wrestlers that I would never gravitate towards usually because I'm I'm part of the problem. I like big, you know, I like big, I like big rip guys. But he's one of these dudes that is just so committed to his character. Oh yeah, and so and so over the top and 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 sympathetic now to a certain degree. Again, he just he's utterly won me over, and I look forward to um I, I look forward to seeing him. No, he fucking thought, rolls. It's he true. does. It, what did you think about the mystery opponent and and him winning? Okay. Um, uh, that was really good in my opinion uh hmm. because it's uh, i feel like wrestling's at its best when different stories have interplay with one another and are not all in their like own pocket dimensions where nothing affects anything from the like you know any other stories yeah uh, and you've got this perfect situation set up now where brian cage has the poker chip so that puts him on a collision course with moxley but Darby Allen probably really, really, really wants to somehow beat Brian Cage now. Uh, to, of course, because he's got he's got his <laughs> ego on the line. He has to prove that Taz is wrong, and mm. that you know he doesn't know better. And like you know, Darby can do Darby. Uh, and you've got this great David and Goliath match with that, and it's it's all it's all really good, right? Like, I love where this puts us. In terms of the in terms of the match, uh, setting things up and- for later, uh, some other random stuff. It sucks that Ray Phoenix is hurt. Yeah. He's amazing at everything, and ladder matches are no exception. Uh, but you know, uh, all due respect to Joey Janela for stepping up and filling that spot and doing some crazy stuff like that Death Valley driver off the apron onto the oh, poker man. chip. Was Which one Brian of the Cage was things, under. One of the coolest <laughs> things in the match. Uh, and I love Joey Janela, and I was happy to see him get an opportunity. Uh, no, I, 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 that, I, I am a massive... If somebody is a mystery opponent or whatever, and, they, and they're debuting and they lose, I'm a, I'm just a massive nerd. It drives me nuts. <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm actually super glad that... like Brian Cage is not my favorite guy in the match, but I'm super glad he won. Yeah, because you because ha- instantly you have to pretend that at least some people watching don't know who Brian Cage is, and if you see him, you're gonna go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, no, you, if it, that match taught you who he is. Exactly, and if he loses, you're like, "Oh, okay." Do you know what I mean? Like, it just, it just, it just, it, what's the point? Yeah, well, what is the point? So you know, I was glad that he won, and really, uh, we were saying this beforehand. When you go through, you know, Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, Scorpius, guys, Skip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus. You know, none of them against John Moxley gets me particularly excited. I mean, it does to a certain extent. Like Derby versus that would be good. Orange Cassidy would be hilarious, and yeah. I know that Scorpio Sky would have a great match. But it's not like I need to see that right now. Whereas Brian Cage, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. We you know, can, we I, can it, continue Moxley's uh, streak of fighting just gigantic dudes. <laughs> yeah, and, and Brian Cage is really good too. I think sometimes yeah. he gets he gets tarred with a the wrong brush because oh, he's just a big guy yeah well, he is he's good like yeah if you, if you say that you've never watched him work i'm not saying he's the best wrestler ever but he's far far he's, he's he's good that's it he's a good good wrestler and one day he'll probably be awesome he's not he's not he's not super old i'm i'm um, really looking forward to him cashing that thing in um, what do you think about having another uh sort of legend with a young guy because obviously we've got taz and brian cage we've got arn anderson with cody we've got jake roberts we've got lance archer i want a four-way match between lance archer with jake the snake (laughs) cody with arn uh brian cage with taz and darby allen with fucking sting that's all i want after this oh dude darby allen sting of course the face pain yeah like it it's right there, and I feel like Sting may really actually be on his way there. Like this is a real thing so. that could happen. Yeah, I mean, I do you know what I th- I actually kind of agree with that. At, at first, I was like, this is too much, but it's almost like telling a joke over and over again. It's not funny, and then it becomes funny again. If you just do it with everybody, I'll be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like if, you, if this is what we're doing, all right, I'll just go along with it for the ride. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that would be a fun like four-way match so oh man 
obviously. Uh, you mentioned Cody and Lance Archer earlier. Uh, obviously, the finals for the AEW TNT Championship. Mike Tyson at ringside, still the strangest thing ever. Yes. Uh, the, I, the announcement was so matter of fact. I know. It was like, like, oh, oh, by the way, I Mike Tyson's going to be there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the most famous people on the planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that at all. But hey, you know, you you do you. Um, yeah, you mentioned earlier, obviously, you preferred the MGF uh, Jungle Boy match. But what did you think of it by itself? Because to me, I just, I really, really do think, again, maybe a bit too much craziness at the end, but it didn't bother me. Cody matches, uh, for me, are my favorite Western story matches. And I always say that because people go, oh, what about a card? It's like, yeah, I didn't mean it. Like, I'm not trying to rag on anybody. I'm just saying, I think I enjoy his old school mentalities. You know, his yeah. old school instincts that are so obvious and I'm I'm old. No <laughs> so one does like it. a build up to a match like Cody does. Every Cody match feels like it is the most important wrestling match in the history of the sport. And he just does yep. it over and over again. And I fall for it every time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. It's great. I, I, if I had one criticism, so there's an axiom in like the prose publishing world that like no author is so brilliant that they couldn't make their novel better by editing it down by a 10% word count. Yeah, I, I know you go. Uh, and that's Cody too. Everything mm. that he does is a little bit overbooked, like not bad, not to the point of really making it like not enjoyable, but like all of his matches could get half an extra star by like removing just like one or two things. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess who's his dad, right? <laughs> like, yeah, just, I mean, it's yeah. not as though he doesn't come by it, honestly. But, uh, yeah, I think there was probably a little too much stuff at the end, but, like, it was a good match. Here's the thing. couple things I had problems with in this match. One, it wasn't... There were a couple really impressive spots uh, showing off the strength and things like that, but this wasn't as vicious as I expected from the buildup. Mm, fair. I'm I'm very surprised that no one was bleeding. I'm very supply. I'm very surprised that there weren't uh, more really vicious, violent spots uh, that just show off like brutality. Uh, but you know, it was still a very good match. I found it incredibly weird that Cody got a tainted win by having Arn Anderson crotch Archer on the top. <laughs> like, it was a heel victory for Cody, the biggest babyface in the company, uh, which was very strange uh, to me. But um, it really just depends on what they do next. Like, it's almost like I have to suspend judgment for a little bit because there are places you can go from here that completely justify everything. But there are places that totally don't. Like, I'm going to be real, real mad if Jake the Snake is not out there demanding a no-DQ rematch for the oh, TNT that's what I think title. I should do. Uh, I, I think Lance Archer should win the Battle Royal. I think Lance Archer should enter that Battle Royal on Wednesday and wreck them all. I think he should just destroy everybody and win it and go, right, Cody, yeah. we go again round two. No, I you loved know, him in New Japan. I was super excited about him coming here. Um, yeah, and he's done, he's done great so far as well. Um, but... Yeah, it's, it's very weird. Cody got a win that was based on cheating. <laughs> like, that's where the turning point came. Uh, and, like, we have, to have, we have to have a solid plan for Lance Archer now because I kind of went into this match feeling like Lance had to win to solidify, like, his position as, like, this mean, absolute yeah. killer that they built up so well. And then it was like, oh, what, like, two crossroads and you lose? Yeah, that, see, that ties into that criticism I had. And some people called me out for it, and maybe. But it's just, I've seen Cody have to use three, four, five crossroads. And I, I know someone said it was actually three. But yeah, but he hit one earlier in the match. I think that's, you know, let's not get too bogged down in specifics. Yeah, no, but he has but, had to hit three in a row on people exactly. with no build. <laughs> and I think with Lance Archer, it should have, I just, that's, that, I always go with my gut. And you've just hit the nail on the head. I just thought. It should have been something bigger. It was slightly anticlimactic to me. I was like, oh, I thought maybe he does it off the top rope. I mean, I'm just speculating here. Right. Just something that made it feel different to other victories that Cody has. Because also, his double crossroads has basically become his finisher. Yeah. You know, I'll hit it, I'll hit it two times. So really, he hit his normal finisher and he won. And don't forget, he didn't beat Darby Allen with that either. Darby Allen got screwed over a few yeah, weeks yeah. ago on Dynamite. 
And I understand you can then say, yes, but he got crotched on the top rope and there was interference, not interference, but distractions. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, they better be demanding that no DQ match. And honestly, probably Lance Archer wins that. Uh, I don't mind that, honestly, because I think that ties into Cody's story as well. I think eventually they are going to turn Cody heel. I think this is they're all putting these little things in place to do that. Yeah, maybe. But I think a re- I think a really cool story with Cody is, you know, he did win the big one and then he got stripped away from him and he can't go for the other belt. Do you right. know what I mean? There's real nuance in that. So, and I, I really I don't care that the belt wasn't finished. I made reference oh, to no. it. On ups There's and like downs literally I have two to. places that do that work, like in the whole country. Exactly. And also, like they're all at home. <laughs> so. And even if you didn't finish it, you'll get used to it in six months. Like we all moan about the universal title and the twenty four seven title, and then we just forget about it because who cares? Yeah. Like, obviously, having a nice belt is good because it is a nice belt and it is nice to look at. Well, and but you know they have two really stuff. nice looking belts in AEW already. Yeah. Uh, so you kind I, of I, have I, an I, expectation, but uh, funny enough, my actual notes as I was watching it before commentary said that the belt was unfinished. I was like, well, this belt doesn't look great, but it's no worse than the big titles in WWE that just look like two different Gatorade flavors. So, like, you you can get used to anything. It's, it's yeah, I, I don't, I don't care. Uh, talking about titles changing hands too. Obviously, Nyla Rose lost to. Hikaru Shida. I was I, absolutely shocked by this. Me too. Me too. I tell you what, man. I loved this match. I don't know what it was. Maybe my body just went, Miller, here's a bunch of endorphins. <laughs> so when I watched it, I was just on a high. I just thought it was really good. It was I think really Shida, good. Shida is brilliant. Yep. I think Nyla Rose with the right opponent. You know, again, she's still, Nyla Rose is still learning. I can't stand it when people jump down people's throats. The still, when Nyla rate Rose is of working. The speed that Nyla is getting better is exactly. horrifying to watch. She looks yes. like she has wrestled for AEW for five years. Exactly. Like she debuted and- on AEW, and we're now watching matches from five years later into her career. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy because I think you're allowed an opinion regardless what your experiences are. But I've, like, like we said earlier, I've been in the ring. And I know when I'm fighting somebody better than me, they make me better. And I know when I'm fighting somebody on the same level as me, nine times out of ten, it's an absolute farce because neither <laughs> of us know what we're, what we're doing. But so that's just wrestling. It's just wrestling. Yeah. But you still learn from those matches. And like you say, I think Nyla Rose is a bit like a sponge. She's just soaking everything up. It helps that she looks like she could absolutely destroy you. Um, you know, this was proper hard hitting. I liked all the stuff with the kendo stick. Sheeda's running knee to the back of head is horrible. Yes. In the proper, in the proper way that it should be. And again, it was a title change that feels slightly out of nowhere. But I dug it when when I when she hit that and I got one, two, three. I audibly went, ah, yeah. oh! like so all, all like, the high profile heels on the card. I just hope that they have a good plan for exactly what comes next for for yes. them because, you know, yeah, like you watch Sheeda's performance in this match. And you literally can't, physically can't be mad that she's the champion now. Like, no, it, 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 like so heroic. Uh, and like, I got some real New Japan Kenny Omega vibes from her in this match. Particularly with this, it's very hard to describe in words, but you'll know exactly what I mean. There is this post-gigantic move surge of intensity. Just in like the expression and the body language and stuff like oh i just did this move oh, that she does that mm. is very similar to like some of kenny omega's like physical acting like physical yeah, performance no. uh and it works super she, well and she's so damn likable too <laughs> she's just I, how can you hate she do you know what i mean like in terms of trying to get faces to work in 2020 she's just a nice hard-working, really good wrestler. I'm like, yeah, yep. sweet. I, I support you. I support you in all that you do. So no, It was a great match. Uh, I don't know that I liked it as much as MJF versus Jungle Boy, but it's in that orbit. Like, it's in that mm. uh, roughly that tier for me. Like, just excellent yeah. singles match. Yeah. Uh, again, I was, I, I, I was more shocked by the end, though. I'm like, I pray that they have, like, a good plan for Nyla Rose. Uh, I think they here. will do. I think, as we said before we started chatting uh, on air, like, um, I, I, to me, AEW has done nothing to convince me that they don't have plans. Right. And it's the boy boy, it's boy who cried wolf. I'll, I'll believe what you tell me. 
And so far, I'm completely like, okay, yeah, every time I've... Like I say, the the fact that Shida lost on, on Dynamite, I was such a stupid wrestling mark. I was like, well, that's a stupid thing to do. I was like, oh, right, I didn't know where we were going. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but um, that's good. That's good. You know, it, it's, it's the same thing, you know, when you watch WWE and you have certain expectations. It's nobody's fault that you have those expectations other than WWE's because an expectation is almost... Again, it's it's an intuition. You you get taught these things. Hence, what the boy who cried wolf story is all about. And so far, AEW's gone gone the other way. And I I, yeah. I will always believe. I always believe you did this for a reason. And I'm going to find out in a few days' time. It's very reasonable to trust that they have a plan so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Moxley, Brody Lee, obviously AEW World Championship match. I was very vocal. Uh, stand by it. I was. I didn't buy into the feud. I 100% put into the match. I because completely agree. Because, like, yeah, I'll say uh, not at the same level as, like, the, the weirdness around Sean Spears, but, like, the Mr. Brody character has only worked for me in fits and starts. Like, some mm. promos more than others, some video packages more than others. Uh, but in the context of the Dark Order, I actually kind of don't like it. Because uh, on its own, right, a sort of a mafia boss kind of guy who's doing like the self-help alpha male bullshit con artist thing. Um, that all works for me, but it feels like a weird pairing with the dark order, which has always felt very like a cult and kind of sex perverty. <laughs> like, I know what you mean. No, I know like, what you mean. The, I... like it seems like a different style. And like when they revealed Brody Lee, all of his video packaging, all of his branding, all of his t-shirts, blah, 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 screams like a cult-ass cult leader. But then his actual character is a corrupt businessman or, like, a mafia boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he walks down this, like, infinite hallway with clouds and ravens in the background and, like, is is talking about, you know, all this, like, cryptic shit. But then when he comes out, he's wearing a suit and just being like, daddy eats first and you're not allowed to sneeze and stuff like that. And it just like, it felt like he just changed the character all of a sudden, like between week one and week two. Mm. Um, so just it, to me, it doesn't feel terribly companionable with the Dark Order as an entity. Like what does, what does Stu Grayson and Evil Uno have to do with this guy? They seem like completely different to him. I th the other problem they have with that as well is th those guys are trapped wherever they're <laughs> wherever they're based, so they can't. You know, I think maybe if they were able to appear on the shows, we you know we may have a better idea. But you are, yeah, you, you're you're right. You, you're definitely you're definitely right. There is um, I've enjoyed them, but I think maybe the reason I didn't invest in this feud as much as I would have done otherwise is simply because of this of of the of the character disconnect. What I did love is when I had this epiphany when I was like, wait a minute. This is John Moxley versus Luke Harper. Uh, sorry, Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper. Of course they're going to try and kill each other. Yep. That's their whole shtick. Yep. That's what they do. And from minute, well, second one, oh, I was like, oh was my gosh. It was such a good match. Great. This is great. This is the level of violence I sort of expected from the Archer and Cody match. Yes, I think uh, that's fair. But I was super happy to see it here. Like I said, though I didn't buy the build and I do have this problem with, with Brody Lee's character so far. The subtitle of this match may as well have been We Fucking Told You Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, I love it. Dude. Because this is two guys he didn't believe in. Absolutely, like, shutting up anyone who wants to say some shit about them not being awesome wrestlers. Uh, so that was great. It was it was a real vindication of, like, everyone on the internet who says WWE's creative is out of touch. Yeah. Uh and yeah, no, it was it was great. Uh, like you know, he backdropped Brody Lee off some stairs through a table, and Brody had an expression on his face like he could see the face of God. No, I mean I could that crazy DDT spot as well through the <laughs> through, through the, the stage through the floor or like, through the ramp. Yeah, yeah, it, through, the, through the through the ramp. Like I wasn't I sure few... that was on purpose for a couple seconds. There. This is what I don't get. I saw some people go, "Well, wow, it's clearly gimmick." I was like, "Do you see how his head had to touch it to to trigger the gimmick?" Like, like he's just how like... thick of a thing of wood do you want your head driven through, dude? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it's none, no wood at all, please. I know, I know. I was like, "Oh my days, oh my day!" Like it was absolutely, it's just a barn burner. Just oh, two and seeing guys... Brody Lee, someone his size, doing like a perfect. Tope Suicida. It's nuts, isn't it's it? So it's so good. Just, 
it's nuts. So yeah, I mean, fair play to those. Everything guys. from the I've time re- that Brody Lee climbed back out, jetting blood everywhere, to the end of the match <laughs> was just like on a ten point scale of intensity, it was like a fourteen and a half. Yeah, it, it really, really was, and I, I loved the finish too. They made him you know. so strong in defeat. Yeah, like he kicks out of the paradigm shift at one after, mind you. A previous paradigm shift that destroyed <laughs> part of the building they were in. Uh, and then the second one elevated. Like, by the way, him doing, like, the super, like, Death Rider version of paradigm shift on someone that much bigger than him is super fucking scary. And they did yeah. a great job with it. And he still kicks out at two. And they had to put him in, like, a like bulldog choke and literally squeeze all the blood out of his body to make him pass out you couldn't ask for a stronger losing booking i don't think no i i, I think that's 100 percent it right i was always like how do they get out of this and again they they had a way to get out of it and i think nothing less of Brody lee i'm intrigued they to turned see what Brody they lee do. into fucking rasputin at the end of this <laughs> <laughs> oh i just it, honestly and i hope we use it as well like let's like you say, let's give it maybe not a little bit more of an edge. I think the character had edge, but you know, there's there's something there now you can absolutely utilize to grow that persona. Well, you know what I want. Like fantasy booking wise, what I want, especially given this like awful situation with uh Uno and Grayson being stuck away from the tapings for a while. I want them to come back and betray Brody Lee. Why not? I want them to not agree with the direction he's taken the Dark Order. And, like, I want a Dark Order civil war that, like, breaks it off into maybe, like, two smaller groups of people. And let, you know, let Stu and Uno be the, like, weird occult sex perverts and let Brody Lee be the, you know, self-help uh, alpha male dude uh, doing mafia stuff. Uh, it, it could be, it could work really well. It could be really, really fascinating. And, like, I think there's enough story there that you could do heel versus heel versus heel versus heel versus heel and it would be fine. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting I, I'm not to see where we it. landed. Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, John Moxley is champion. I just, to me, I'll regret saying this, but I mean, definitely in you know top two or three, um, one of the most believable characters in all of wrestling. Never comes across as fake. Never across as something that I don't believe. You know, he believes everything that he's doing. Um, I just think he's great, and I think he has found his. He's found his feet. He's found his momentum. Yeah, and... I I don't want anyone to beat him until it's someone who's currently a tag team champion who are not tag team partners anymore (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i even care which one actually oh dear no i I don't think i would mind either again i think when it comes to elite wrestling and just wrestling in general it's about the story and you know maybe that's why i didn't invest so much in the moxley it's kind of weird usually i go the other way with wrestling it's like um I don't really mind if the match isn't as good as I'd hoped as long as the story is good. But here it went the other way. You know, the narrative wasn't exactly ideal for me and my taste. The match totally redeemed it, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just just fantastic. Like, it really, really was. It's a five out of five. five. Um, I mean, the only thing, we haven't talked about the the pre-show match, uh, which was Best Friends versus Private Party. It was fine. It's a pre-show match. I mean, Best Friends needed to win. They've been on TV on a complete tear. So they won. And they did did the G9. They shouted out Crime Time. And that was really nice. I'm glad they did you know, that. I, they, I, I missed that at the time. How idiotic of me. What a moron. Um, uh, yeah, no, the pri- private party did the crime time finisher. Uh, yeah, as see, like a nice little tribute for Shad Gaspard. It was like, this, that's great. I'm glad they did that. Yeah, this is the problem when you're making notes on your on your phone. And you're yeah. looking down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you miss stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like, We haven't seen private party in ages. They can't come back and beat the best friends who have been a mainstay no, for, the last, no. for the last six weeks. And now, yeah, they'll move on to be um, uh, the number one contenders. And we can do that match probably on Dynamite, I'd imagine. I don't think we'll save it for a probably not that Probably not that long. I do want to loop back just for a moment to the ladder match, though. Uh, yeah, because the the thing I liked the least on the entire show was in the ladder match. Uh, actually, I don't know if you can guess what it is. It's uh, the first two minutes. Uh, Frankie Kazarian versus Scorpio Sky. Yeah. That, I'm fine with putting the teammates out there like that. There's a really good storytelling opportunity there, but they just completely didn't take advantage of it. You've got this clock ticking. And there's this built-in conflict of, like, both of them want the thing, neither of them are certain how far the other one will go, 
and both of them are being pushed harder and harder to sacrifice friendship for their own ambitions because the minute that clock runs down, everything is chaos. There's more people coming in. And right now it's just the two of them. And I'm amazed that we didn't build to a feud between the two of these people by both of them in the end, like trying to go for it and really going for it. Instead, they chain wrestled for like a minute and a half and then picked up ladders and then just like put the ladders back down. And it was like nothing like they they did this weird luck of the draw thing where the two tag team partners are out there fighting each other first and they didn't use it to build a bigger story for some reason. I see what you mean. I I know what you mean. Why do it if it's not leading to something? Right, right. Like they could have just had them come in at any other time. Uh, you know what I mean? Like just have have Kip be out there with one of them first. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's a fair point. I think maybe they did it for the, you know, again, it's the most classic thing to do in the world, isn't it? Oh, tag team Black Rumble back in the day. Every man for himself. But you're right. What did it lead to? Nothing. We're not even talking right, about it. Now. Right. We wouldn't have talked about it unless you had brought it up. So yep. it kind of but... it up. But, uh, you know, to, to not, you know, say something too negative and, and then not have something nice to say, uh, Orange Cassidy's whole performance, like, not even just in the ladder match, but in the video package before and in his entrance. Long-form comedy storytelling. He can't be bothered to learn how a ladder match works because it takes too much energy. It's so good. He doesn't do know the not. rules. He's asking the announcers how it works, and he's like <laughs> disappointed to hear how hard it's gonna be. <laughs> it's great, honestly. And that, he's I like don't reaching understand. up. Ah, oh, fuck! I can't reach it. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, just the minimum tiny slice of extra effort piled on top each time. It was so good. I don't get why people don't like him. He's a blast. And look, if we're talking about characters in wrestling that you want to believe are real, I believe he can't be asked. I 100% <laughs> believe he is someone that just cannot be asked. So he's done it. He's yep. been victorious. Oh, and, and we know talk about someone who can lose every match and everyone will still love him and like he'll still be over. Yeah, I tell you what, man. Casual fans apparently flipping, lapping him up. So, oh, yeah. No, he's know, doing he real good. good. Yeah, throw throw all the criticism at you want, man. If you become a mainstream star, well, a, a casual fan star, you are good forever. Yeah, Those his people... t-shirts are not having any trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But overall, great show. Really made me happy. Show. Yeah, made me happy. Looking forward to Dynamite later on tonight to see what they do. Uh, I just, yeah, you know, it's just a couple of thumbs up from me. Really, really I just, good. I just want Brit to come back. I, I, I'm so sad that she got hurt. I think there is a, much like when Becky Lynch got punched in the face, um, and my gosh, so many wrestlers over the years. Sure. I think if she, even if she is out for six to eight weeks and hopefully not longer, I really, really hope that we do, like the Kurt Angle thing comes out, bitches and moans every single week about being injured. You don't know what I'm going through. Just use it, use it, use it. And then obviously eventually she'll recover. We'll have no idea. And then she just slaps somebody right in the face and they go, you know, stuff like that I love. So yeah. obviously I'd never want anybody to be hurt. But if we can make the best of a bad situation, I'm all for it. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, actually. They, they do have a challenge in keeping her heel. Because she's like such a great natural heel, sure. But like she's almost so good at it that she's in danger of baby facing herself because she's so damn entertaining. Ah, uh, man, it happens, and it, it, and it will happen again. But uh, <laughs> hope, I, I like to think the AEW audience sometimes just plays their part. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, I think we so. know what we're meant to do, so we'll just, uh, yeah, so we'll just do it. We, uh, we can help. Dear. We can help. Exactly, but we'll find out. We'll find out. She, she is going to be on Dynamite later, so so we'll see. So, uh, we'll see what she's going to do. Uh, but yeah, as you've said, man, and as I've said, and as everybody said, I think universally, apart from Jim Cornette, a very well received show. Oh, so wow, I didn't even <laughs> think about like that stadium stampede. Has anyone checked on if Jim Cornette is actually alive? He, he, after... I, I don't. I don't listen to Jim Cornette because he. Just well, makes I mean, me why? Sad. Why would you? But, like, I mean, but... like. He has a he has a video up right now reviewing it, and it has a ridiculous amount of views. So oh I can only boy. imagine. Uh, I can I mean, only imagine. You gotta stand up and respect the achievement. Like, if if Seth Rollins is gonna go off on Twitter about someone, and you're like, "Yeah, Seth Rollins, you're right. Go off on that person." <laughs> Never would have thought that could happen. Good job, Jim Cornette. 
dear. It's so true. And on that note, on that positive note, I will uh, I, I will draw a line under it. Rob, uh, thank you so much for your support as always. And thank you for your time, man. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, it's great coming on. Awesome. Uh, again, if you want to come on, you can. Just go to uh, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. I would absolutely love to talk to you. Again, a bunch of these clips uh, and clips from the show that I do live on Twitch or YouTube are also going up at the YouTube channel. Search for Simon Miller Wrestling Clips, and you should be able to find it if you want to just get the short take, which I know some people do. Uh, but ultimately, look, keep enjoying this crazy time we're living in. Check out my YouTube channel. I just search for Simon Miller. A bunch of nonsense going up there. Instagram and Twitter at SimonMiller316. And I will talk to you all again in a couple of days.